How are you doing, Ed? I'm very good, thank you. Yes. Moyes finally got a win at Old Trafford. How many times did he try? Quite a lot. Quite a lot, but he didn't have the advantage of having, you know, the referees in his back pocket, as we all know we all do at Old Trafford. No, right, yeah. He certainly didn't have anyone with the talents of Ashley Young, did he, when he was at Everton? No, 10 from all the judges for Ashley, except for the referee, of course, who gave him a yellow card. We'll come on to that, no doubt. The biggest Manchester United-related news of the international break, I thought, was the sterling performance of Danny Welbeck in, I mean, against not particularly impressive opposition, but two very nice goals from Danny. But he's come back with fluid on his knee, which I don't like the sound of. Never good having fluid on the knee. I'm not sure what kind of fluid, but fluid's not good, especially on your knee. Yeah, if it's not if fluid where it's not supposed to be in the body, no, no good. You want to get that fluid out. No Rooney for England because of the cut on his head and he wasn't ready to wear that rugby player style headgear. And England were absolutely abysmal against Ukraine, including a complete inability to retain the ball. And Hodgson still didn't bring on Michael Carrick, which seemed to be a bizarre decision. Yes, well, Hodgson's allergic to passing the ball, isn't he? As we know, as he admitted afterwards, that England, England's tactic in uh, Kiev was basically to hit the ball long, uh, and he was unapologetic for it. Yeah, well, he should apologise, because I had to watch that. I suppose I could have done something else, but I ended up watching it. What point during a football match is it acceptable to just turn it off and go and do something else? Because you always think, well, it might just be just about to liven up, don't you? I suppose you do. I, since I was on a plane back from Oslo, I didn't need to worry about that particular game. Uh, I did catch about 20 minutes of Norway versus Switzerland, and that wasn't very good, if that's any compensation for you. Um, so lots of United players involved all around the world, of course, uh, including Shinji Kagawa with apparently some pretty excellent performances for Japan. Yes, yeah, so it's good that he's saving it for Japan, and I presume United reserves, because he's not getting anywhere near the first team at the moment. But he had the flu and that's why he wasn't involved, honest. Yeah, it's like Wayne Rooney's shoulder injury, isn't it? You know, it's mysterious injuries. He was he was far too tired, then he was unfit and then he had uh, some other kind of knack and, and then he came down with the bubonic plague or whatever it was. So. Well, we'll see about that one. I wonder whether uh, Moyes hasn't just caught shingitis. Oh, that would be such a shame. I'm feeling quite pro David Moyes today because uh, not because of the victory against Crystal Palace, but because of a couple of key decisions that Moyes made in that game, which I found extremely pleasing. The starting lineup was a bit of a shock to all concerned, I think. I believe I predicted seven out of the 11 correct, which is a record low in the Moyes era. Really surprising to see Anderson starting. Less surprising, but still a little surprising to see Young and Valencia on either flanks. What did you make of the starting lineup, Ed? Yes, well, it looked like a, a David Moyes side, you know. It was a straight straight up 4-4-2 really wasn't it and but yeah uh, I guess surprised because he changed up the personnel a little bit and and certainly surprised that Wayne Rooney was back given that he was far too ill to play for England just what three days beforehand so pleasantly surprised I suppose in in terms of you know it was an attacking side that that Moyes put out definitely a surprise that Anderson got a game because he hasn't got anywhere near the team so far and and uh, probably shouldn't get anywhere near the team again after what was a pretty limp display in central midfield and then, of course, you know, I guess the decision that you're most happy about is uh, that we saw uh, Adnan Janizai and, and you know, I, I guess a little less excitement about Maran Fellaini. It's always nice to see a kid come up from the academy side and, and didn't he do well? 
The only thing I know for sure about how you pronounce his name is it's not a hard J. So it's definitely not Janazai. Whether it's Yanazai or Yanazai, I don't know. I really want somebody to tell me so I can pronounce it correctly from now until the rest of time because I think we're going to be talking about him a lot. Lit the place up. I, I we should like delay this and talk about the game in some kind of chronological order, but I don't want to. I just want to talk about how... I mean, I, I was very excited to see Fellaini, and actually, he made United better. And there is no doubt that Fellaini and Carrick is a much better central midfield partnership I would infinitely rather see than any of the other possibilities that existed before Fellaini came in. So his passing was phenomenal. I don't believe he gave the ball away once. You know, he kept it simple for the most part. There's a couple of really good, good movements. He broke up their play a couple of times as well. I mean, I know it's against 10-man Crystal Palace, but actually I was, I was genuinely heartened to see both, to see him come on and then to see the impact he made. But, but yeah, Yanaze, that was something incredibly special. And many people have referenced the Ronaldo debut against Bolton and perhaps it wasn't quite that level of peak of excitement, but in some ways it's more exciting because he does come from his United boy through and through, and just the fact that he looked completely, I know it's only 10-man palace, so it's not, you know, peak of European competition by any stretch of the imagination, but he looked completely comfortable in the shirt, Ed. He kept going running looking for the ball. Yes, and I suppose the surprise there is that that's a, that's a little unlike this Moyes side, isn't it? Um, no, I'm, I'm being mean, but look, uh, Fellaini did very well. Pretty understated performance, I thought, which I guess you'd expect on debut. He didn't go herring around. He actually pulled out of a couple of tackles, which was a surprise. And he didn't elbow or kick anyone, which was a bonus. Yay! Slotted in right in central midfield, so at least United weren't tempted to launch it long, which is, I suppose, the fear. And and look, he's got a a certain sense of gravitas that Anderson and Cleverly don't have, right? So immediately gave United a bit more of a bit more oomph in central midfield. And and you know, I'm sure he'll he'll be a good player there. What it did do, of course, is make United a little more functional and a little a little one-dimensional because the ball went out wide all the time. And it was lucky that, of course, when it went out wide all the time, there was Jenna's there to break things up a little bit because he certainly didn't play like any normal winger did he he wasn't hitting the touchline and and uh, getting into crossing positions as Moyes put it afterwards and uh, I think that quote tells you something about how Moyes might want to play but uh, I think the excitement afterwards is all about Yanazai who it wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo-esque as a as a debut in the league competitive debut for United but it was certainly very exciting and he's he's got a lovely balance he looked for the ball all the time looks extremely confident on the ball a lovely pirouette at one stage with the ball to beat two men so he's got he's got he's got everything in terms of his technique of course he needs to fill out and be able to compete at this level and needs to provide a bit more of a goal threat his uh, his uh, couple of shots were a bit wayward but it looks good doesn't it shame his contract runs out next summer though yeah it won't do they're going to sign him up I'm, I'm confident of that and i think i think not super enthused by the concept of the Moyes era but had a question from at B McWall on Twitter, Twitter asking about the differences between the Moyes era so far and Ferguson. And I think some of them have been bad. I think that Chelsea game, the last 10 minutes, that Chelsea game would have looked different under Fergie. But actually, Moyes' substitutions were extremely timely again in that Palace game. Like they, he, he didn't wait as long as Fergie does for subs. And it's absolutely lovely to see him chucking an 18-year-old kid on. Because it's not like we were 4-5-0 up in that game, right? Yanazai came on with a vital role to play. Yeah, he certainly did. I mean, um, and afterwards, actually, Moy said that if the start of the season hadn't been quite so difficult, he'd have he might have been tempted to play him right from the start of the season, and he was very tempted to play him from the start of the game. I mean, frankly, given Ashley Young's mediocrity, that's a black mark against Moyes for not doing it. 
But yeah, look, um, I think that's really bold, you know, and I think that's great because, um, you know, honestly, I see Moises as a pretty conservative coach. But if he keeps making decisions like that to throw young kids in that he believes have got the talent to do it, then, then you know, I'm quite happy to change my opinion there. And I think that was a, a very bold and a, a very good decision. He's been rewarded for it. Look, let's not get over ourselves. We haven't suddenly got a world beater here. I mean, he's got a lot to learn, Genesai. But a very exciting performance. And, and as Moy said, he's going to be a top player. Let's just hope it's uh, A at United and, and sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, it, it, the energy and the ban I mean, lots, he obviously looks very slight, but no one's been able to knock him off the ball yet in any of the games I've seen him play for United. So he's obviously got, as you said, phenomenal kind of balance and a very wiry sort of strength, but it will be... Obviously, he will develop and fill out. And of course, he's got a long way to go because he's a young kid. But it's just really cool to be. It's just fun. You know, it's just fun to have a young, exciting talent who's not just sort of sitting there while we all kind of look thinking, come on, give him a chance over some of the squad play. You know, Park Ji Sung's not getting on the pitch ahead of him, you know. Yes, although Ashley Young got on the pitch ahead of him. But, you know, of course, Ashley Young gets on the pitch ahead of everyone at the moment. Now, Ashley Young had a perfectly decent game in terms of what he did. It was one of his better games for United, not particularly great, but it was a little better than he has been. And he did quite a lot of effective stuff and he made us look dangerous. But man, he's such a cheat. He's such a horrible cheaty, cheaty, cheat, cheat. There's another word I might be thinking of about him that's got C in the starting position. Look, um, yeah, he's a horrible cheat. He, he deliberately dived in the penalty area. I mean, it was uh, you know just a horrible, horrible dive and very obvious and rightly got a booking for it. And Moyes called him out for it afterwards as well. On the penalty, I mean, I think he's legitimate to go down there. You know, he got a, a pretty large shove in the back. I think that's OK. Clearly, he's uh, he's felt the, felt the touch and uh, managed to stay on his feet long enough to fall into the box rather than uh, outside of it. The best talent he's got, I would say. Look, he can deliver a ball and he didn't have a terrible game compared to some he's had. But, you know, I just can't help feeling there's a sense of mediocrity about him every time he gets hit. And, and you know, we've got players that are, are, are more talented. Nani is certainly more talented. Kagawa is certainly more talented. Doesn't mean, you know, of course, they don't all play in the same position. But, you know, you'd like to get them in the side ahead of Ashley Young, if possible. On the dive, the worst thing about the dive was it looked like he was about to do something really special. Because he got the ball and he... Because, he, I, I, you know, I think he is actually more talented than he's shown at United so far. The best performances he's had at United have been quite impressive on, on occasion. And I, 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 I don't think he's brilliant. Far from it. You know, I don't think he's whatever United class means. I don't think he's that. But he's got, he has got some positive characteristics to his game. And he was on a fantastic run. Like, he beat a man brilliantly and then knocked the ball past the defender. And it looked like, you know, he could have got past the defender. But it almost looked like he didn't, it didn't even occur to him to try and get round the defender and shoot or pass it to one of his colleagues or whatever. He just had this little, clever little cunning plan in his head. And the horrible thing about it, because it wasn't a dive, as it, it was the full-on simulation, you know, where you go in and you try and fake. It's not just like he jumped over a challenge. He literally threw his leg back to generate the contact and then flicked it up to try and make it look like the defender had initiated the contact. It's, it's, so, it's such a conscious decision to cheat, you know? Yes, he's a regular simulator. Yeah. That's that's for sure. And he's been told, you know, called on it before, and he just can't help himself. 
Yeah, I thought it was interesting to know how much Flaney got the ball. I mean, he was on for half an hour or so and made 46 passes, five of which were mispassed. So he did, you know, he was out of step a little bit. But not only how much he got the ball, which shows that the players around him trust him already, but they got it in a very narrow area. Didn't touch the ball in either box and all of his touches were very, very close to the centre of the pitch. So uh, if he's going to play that role, that's that's interesting because I don't know whether it fixes that problem that we had, which is the link between midfield and the forwards. So, you know, might need a tactical change there. Of course, we do have a player in the squad who can play that role very, very well. And and also, you know, if Rooney's going to play, he's going to have to come a little bit deeper if Fellaini's in the side. That's uh, two observations I took out of that Palace game. Yeah, and, you know, he, he had the ball a lot more than Michael Carrick did after he came on. But, you know, it's, uh, it's only half an ounce football, isn't it? It's tempting to read too much into that. Michael Carrick, I don't think he had one of his best ever games for United by any stretch of the imagination, but he did one of the coolest things ever. A lovely, lovely, lovely Zidane turn in the middle of the park from Michael Carrick. Very, very much enjoyed that one. Uh, and that nearly led to a goal as well. It was so, because kind of a little loss of possession for a second, but then the ball goes out to Rooney and he plays an absolute pinger of a pass to Van Persie, who, oh, if only that one had gone in, because you could have started the replay from the Zidane turn and it would have just been one of the all-time great United goals, that would. Yes, uh, unlike Michael Carrick, that was, wasn't it? Uh, there you go. Uh, I mean, um, and... In terms of the wider performance, I thought uh, United just a, just a little bit muted and took quite a long time to to really seal the game, didn't it? And I mean, actually, United created a lot of chances in the game, but a combination of not clear cut chances and some poor finishing meant that the game was a little more squeaky than it perhaps should have been uh, until that absolutely fantastic Wayne Rooney free kick. I mean, you like them to get in the top corner, don't you? Because that's just, you know, a little bit more spectacular. But the pace and dip that he got on the ball was too good for the keeper. Congratulations to Wayne Rooney on scoring a goal for Manchester United. I suppose that's better than him scoring them against us or for someone else. Yeah, so well, uh, rumours that he put in a transfer request straight afterwards uh, are yet to be founded. He did not kiss the badge on his chest. He just held out his arms aloft and waited for the adoration to surround him uh, and his funny hat thing that he was wearing. Robin scored, which I think was good, really. I think he sort of needed that because actually there's a couple of moments where I was a little bit like, hmm, you remember that that period he had last season where he, he, he struggled for a goal for a while and then kind of got a jamming one and, and that was it. That was him off, off to the races again. And I know he obviously scored two in the opening game and they were excellent, but he has had a few chances and not taken them. Uh, so I think I think that'll do him a bit of good. And actually, there was a long build-up to that penalty and there was a close-up of him and you could see that his breathing was pretty shallow and he, he, was, he was kind of, his eye looked a bit, almost a bit twitchy. You could see he was nervous before that penalty. But he regained his super cool, cool composure and placed it. Just, just sort of tricked the keeper. Really, it wasn't wasn't a brilliant pen technically, but but the combination certainly worked. If the keeper had gone the right way, he would obviously have got to it. But no, no problem. Not not Van Persie's best penalty, but uh, you know, good enough, and that's all that counts, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure he's as sharp as he can be, but it's early in the season, and I'm sure we'll get more. Nice quotes from Van Persie this week. Said he's been having nightmares this summer worrying about uh, the fact he didn't score enough last season he only got the 30 goals so yeah very disappointing Robin and he said he was especially disappointed about the Champions League failure so I mean I like that kind of thing he he wants to do better and better and better be interesting to see whether he gets anywhere near 30 again this season especially if Rooney is going to stay and play uh, much more because you'd think that Rooney would get on the score sheet a bit maybe they'll share the burden 
I mean, I, I really enjoyed that game. The, the first half was a bit stayed, but we, you know, Saturday kickoff, Saturday lunchtime kickoffs. If you look back in history, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just sort of misremembering it, but in my head, they're always bad. You know, they always kind of flat and take a while to get going. I'm not having that. Is that a theory? Saturday lunchtime, uh, players can't play. Yes, that's my theory. That's that's the. <laughs> I, I couldn't help leaving the game with this sense of ennui about it, and it's a bit the same with the Chelsea and the Liverpool games as well. There's there's nothing really that exciting yet. I mean, oh, um, the, the Adnan cameo was was uh, really good, and United were solid enough. You know, definitely deserving winners, definitely deserving winners. I think there's a lot more to come, and that's that's an observation that there's plenty of talent in the squad, and and there'll be games when they uh, put it all together. I hope. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure that this was the game. It was just about good. Uh, yeah, and and you know, if I just thought that I don't know, uh, I I didn't leave the game with a sense of ennui. I have to say, I was I was thoroughly enlivened by a bunch of stuff about the second half, and you know, against Ten Man Palace at home. So, but you know, I, I I've I've decided in my own head that the, the Moyes era, the beginning of it, goodness knows whether success will come eventually. It may well, but the beginning of it is inevitably going to be very difficult because he's trying to follow Alex Ferguson as a football manager it's just not fair nobody should have to do that and so I'm just going to look really hard for the things that are fun and enjoyable about it rather than kind of it's very easy to see what's not so enjoyable about it so I'm gonna I'm I'm digging in and and finding excitement and actually it was dead easy to do because because of that Yanazay cameo because whatever happens from here on out you know, Ferguson hasn't given 18-year-olds time in the league for a really, really, really long time, right? It's been a long time since we've had that. And actually, I think it's really smart PR from Moyes as well, which has not necessarily been his specialist subject. Uh, no, talking of which, uh, afterwards, again, failed to deny that United had bid for Gareth Bale. I mean, hmm. So l- last time he said this one, he went walked straight into the press conference. And uh, well, last time he was asked about Gareth Bale and failed to deny that a bid had been put in. He went straight into the press conference and then said, no, no bid was put in. Uh, clearly he'd been got to by the PR people. I think uh, Moyes being Moyes just can't help himself. He has to evade every question, doesn't he? So asked again, um, because there were rumours in the weekend press that United put in a £125 million bid for Gareth Bale. I presume that was the five minutes after Gareth Bale signed the Real Madrid contract. Presumably so. Talking of people signing contracts at Real Madrid, get your funereal music on. It's all over. The dream is dead. Ronnie's not coming home. Turns out Cristiano Ronaldo is not actually motivated by a deep, unabiding, heartfelt love of Manchester United, which cannot be replicated under any circumstances, and has successfully found it within himself to not only sign a contract, but to say that Manchester United is the past that I want to stay at Real Madrid until the end of my career. Interesting this, isn't it? Because if the noises coming out of Old Trafford that uh, the club really did make a, you know, an effort to sign Ronaldo this summer, it kind of puts all of this in a different perspective, doesn't it? It gives it the perspective that Ronaldo and his people were quite happy for those rumours to keep flying around while negotiations with Real Madrid were ongoing. He used United much as Fabregas did before him. Yes, absolutely. It's almost like Cristiano doesn't care about us at all. I'm sure he does a bit. I'm sure that it was a very emotional thing for him when he came back to United, but emotional on his own terms, you know, as everything is with a personality like that. And he's a fantastic player, but I, for one, am not mourning him not turning up back at Old Trafford, flapping his arms around, because what's the point of being good if you're horrible, you know? I don't mean he's a horrible person, but when you conduct yourself like that, it doesn't really matter how good you are. It's not fun to watch. 
Yes, the world's greatest TM, as uh, the Guardian likes to call him, scored for Real Madrid on his debut and uh, gave it the old heart sign. I, I didn't notice him kissing the badge, but that can't be far behind. You know, it's, that's the way it is these days. Although, I have to say with Bale, at least he doesn't come with that mega ego. I mean, maybe he'll grow one now that he's being paid a fabulous amount of money. He's playing for Real Madrid and he's, he's surrounded by other players with mega egos. He's a, he's a pretty down-to-earth kid, so you can't really, you can't really hate him just yet. No, I think he's a sweet lad, isn't he? And as as for kissing the badge, I'm guessing that you weren't watching the Sky Sports News coverage on Transfer Deadline Day, Ed, because they showed no less than 379 times Bale not just kissing the badge, but getting into a serious long term. He would have definitely been thrown out of a swimming pool that had a no petting sign on the wall for what he was doing to that badge. He, he, he there, there was there was some serious serious lip to badge contact happening. X-rated badge. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Heavy Heavy, heavy petting. Lovely. He's, he's a good lad, isn't he? And, and you know, um, I just want to come back to the Fellaini thing for a second. I am genuinely optimistic about his role at United. And it was quite good because, you know, it was getting on for the end of the game. We did need that other goal. But there was no sense of launch it to Fellaini none whatsoever and I know it's not 10 minutes to go with when we're losing but it it didn't change that aspect of the way we played at all and obviously like you could just see the defenders thinking whenever there's a set piece Yes, I mean, he's certainly going to be a target set pieces. I mean, he, he made a real nuisance of himself at the near post for uh, the corners at Robin Van Persie. He was taking uh, on United's right, uh, so the in-swinging corner. Fellaini is going to cause a lot of trouble at that near post, I think. You know, that's, it's a new target for sure, and, and United hasn't had that. I mean, the, the team has been set up to play the ball on the deck. You know, there's really no big men in the team aside from uh, Nemanja Vidic. So certainly changes things. Um, I hope that's the only time they look for his head. Interesting. I um, watched uh, a couple of weekends ago, I watched some youth football, some very, very youth football, under eights. Just as a commentary on on uh, the style of play that players in this country are brought up with, when the goalkeeper had the ball, all of the players crowded into about a third of the pitch in the attacking third of the opposition pitch, and it was launched along every single time. You know, these are under eights being coached to play long ball football. Pretty depressing, isn't it? So I just don't want to see that at United, and I don't think we will. I, you know, let's let's hope not. Anyway, and, and uh, anyway, look, um, you know, I, I think uh, pretty good debut from Fellaini all round. Much bigger test, of course, coming up on Tuesday with uh, United in the Champions League, I and mean, this is going to be the real test for Fellaini because he's he's not really played Champions League football before. At Arnabray twenty one says, would you stick with four four two? on Tuesday or change it up so uh, Ed pretend you're David Moyes would you stick with 4-4-2 so if I'm David Moyes it is, it's going to be a pretty much close to a 4-4-2 I think Wayne Rooney will play off at Robin Van Persie and it'll be more like a 4-4-1-1 won't it the amount of possession United have will dictate how deep Rooney plays so if United are struggling he'll come back and fill into into midfield which I presume will be a midfield two of Carrick and Fellaini with, with Rooney trying to make the extra man uh, what do you? What are your sort of hopes and fears for the Champions League this season? Then, well, the hope is that uh, putting some credible performances. I mean, it it would take a very optimistic fan to say United are favourites. I think in in reality, Bayern, Real Madrid, 
and Barcelona are quite some distance ahead of United, I think, in terms of the personnel they've got and the quality of football. But of course, you know, many, many things change during the season. Barcelona have started off exceptionally well. They're playing some really, really good football and they've they've changed it up. So it's not the pure tiki-taka of, of uh, old. It's, uh, you know, still very, very good football, but they're prepared to switch it uh, to both, both sides of uh, the pitch. And Real Madrid, they look decent. You know, I, I I don't think they've got into real top gear at the moment. And and Bayern Munich, you know, started had very good preseason, started the campaign well too. Um, so I think they're the three favourites. Uh, I watched Paris Saint Germain at the weekend, and they look very very good too. I looked really casual once they got into the lead. So I wonder whether there's a bunch of mercenaries in there, and they need to be whipped into shape by Laurent Blanc. But I think they'll be right up there too, as it bags and bags of talent in that side. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and actually, last season, they ran Barcelona really close. And uh, the Champions League's interesting, isn't it? Because it's very rare that the best team in Europe wins the Champions League. It happens, you know, once every four or five years, probably, right? It definitely happened last season, didn't it? There's, there's absolutely no question about that. It was a, one of the most dominant tournament-long displays that's ever happened, I'd say, in, in the Champions League. Certainly in, in modern times. That and when... Barcelona beat us in that final. I'm not just talking about the final, but I mean the whole route to it. Bayern were the best, weren't they? And they've, you know, they've just strengthened and strengthened and strengthened. And obviously, it's also been a time of transition, so there might be there might be some negative consequence to swapping from Heinkes to Guardiola, but they still look pretty pretty rocking. And yeah, we're going to need to get lucky, but I think that's okay. I think, I, I think so long as all of our expectations are in check, I, I kind of just hope that Moyes has a a decent run at it and you know we get through the group okay gets gets just some experience because because more than the league this is where his inexperience is going to be a huge factor and kind of interesting to see Ferguson in the stands for that game you wonder if he's going to come to pretty much every home game I guess he will and it's not obviously it's lovely and from a health perspective that he's recovered from his hip hop well enough to come but actually I wonder if this is a time when it is worth more picking up the phone and and you know not worrying too much about I must be my own man sort of thing because I think he's doing a pretty good job of that right so far the being my own man bit recovered from his hip hop I thought you said (laughs) Hip hop, hibbity hop. <laughs> Fergie was sat in the director's box against Crystal Palace. You know, the cameras you know, naturally turning to him. No goals against United for them to go in on a close Fergie looking angry pose. I'm sure that will come. I, I'd be surprised if he goes every game because that will just that will be creating the shadow, won't it? Especially if United having a difficult time at some point this season. But yes, apparently recovered. And as for Moyes being his own man, I think he's very clearly his own man. I think making decisions like bringing uh, Yanazai into the team, uh, or at least close to the team, and making a very big purchase in Fellaini will help him make it his own team and, and be his own man even more. He comes free govern, his chips are in the oven, Man United he's loving. He likes to say well done and no question about that. I I think... His experience at, at this point is outweigh, you know, the benefits of his, his experience when it comes to the Champions League outweighs the negative consequence. You know, they're naming, uh, water is it Water's Edge, Water's Reach, that they're renaming Sir Alex Ferguson Way. So now you have to walk up the Sir Alex Ferguson Way to get to the Sir Alex Ferguson stand past the Alex Ferguson statue and then see Alex Ferguson and then manage Man United. You know, it's not, not an easy ask, is it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure we'll ever see a David Moyes stand, but you know, hey, maybe you never know, maybe. right? You never know. You never know. You never know. 
The actual game on Tuesday, because yeah, we have two games to preview this week because we're putting the pod out early against uh, Leverkusen, who beat Wolfsburg at the weekend, helped by Luis Gustavo, the ex-Bayern Munich player uh, from Wolfsburg, being sent off. He's been sent off twice this season in the Bundesliga. Uh, didn't see so much as a yellow card for most of last season. As soon as you move out of the big club, you start getting the cards, don't you? Has it been mentioned how much Luis Gustavo looks like Nani? That's a, a remarkable football looky likey, as far as I'm concerned. The, the man who turned down Arsenal. Of course, uh, another a player who didn't turn down Arsenal was it Ozil, or Ozil, or Ozil, however you say it. Had a pretty good performance at the weekend for Sunderland. Uh, just in that position that United seemed to lack at the weekend. Yeah, I think. Just, just putting it out there. I think you pronounce it Yanazai. The Bayer game will be a really good test for Moyes. Bayer are a decent side. They are not tearing up any trees though, right? So this is not Bayern Munich by any stretch of the imagination, nor even Dortmund. They're not the top tier of German football, are they? Top enough tier to be in the Champions League, mind you. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, so so are Arsenal. So pre-Messer Ersel Arsenal. They've got some decent players. Uh, Stefan Kiesling up front, is, uh, he's, a, he's a very good player, you know. He, he, uh, he can certainly cause some damage. They uh, signed a right-back called... Roberto Hilbert, that's Hilbert, not Hibbert, before David Moyes gets really excited about this one. Now, they're a, de- they're a decent side. I think they'll be a good test for United. You know, United should, clearly, should be too strong. And it'd be fascinating to see what lineup he picks. I think the chances of Anderson starting in midfield are relatively slim. Unlike Anderson. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> I just set him up, you knock him down, right? And, yeah, I think Fellaini Carrick can't see him starting with Young again, but I also can't not. Giggs hasn't played for a while, has he? Do you think this is Unleash the Giggsy? Maybe, you know, get some energy back in the side. Uh, who knows, uh, Nanny's due again, isn't he? Maybe we'll see Kigawa now his flu has passed. <laughs> Talk about due a game, crikey. I mean, I asked for Twitter questions, as I always do. You know, half of the week we had, can Yanaze become our very own Messi? Is he is Yanaze ready to step up, be a consistent first-team player? Is Yanaze better than David Bellion? You know, these are, these are some of the questions that we've had. We also, of course, had a lot of questions about Shinji Kagawa, hashtag free Shinji. You know, I'm giving Moyes the benefit of the doubt around Kagawa. I think he's going to find a way to use him and use him effectively later on in the season. But he better hurry up and start doing that soon, because otherwise I'm going to have to, you know, I'll I'll be sad. And and this is not about mythologising Kagawa the player and making him out to be, you know, players get better as they play less, you know. Like when England were really excited about the return of Gareth Barry in the 2010 World Cup. It's not about mythologising the player. It's about the kind of football that he represents. You know, the fact that he plays really beautiful, intricate, attacking, passing, short passing, open up defences with like, lovely through balls and stuff. I love that kind of football. And I get what you mean. And of course, you know, when players aren't around or they're injured or they retire, they, they do become better. You know, Jack Kennedy was the best president the US ever had. You know, he might not have been seen that way if he hadn't had his head blown off. And, and Shinji Kigawa is the best number 10 United have ever had. And he might not be seen that way if he actually plays because uh, his performances last season were not world beating, you know, even when he was fit, which wasn't all the time. So look, um, it's it's not that you pretend that he's the world-class answer to all of United's problems. But he does, as you say, he does represent a kind of football that I think most fans would like United to to play in an exciting, attacking, fluid, creative kind of football. And and he's really the one player who can do that in the United side, you know, from that central role. And, and if he's not even getting on the bench, that kind of gives you this feeling that that's not the kind of football United will be playing this season. 
We'll see, because I do think it is incredibly early days. And, and we were asked about the difference between Ferguson and Moyes, and we've talked about the, the difference in the number of points that Ferguson gets you by the end of the season and I think we may genuinely have already seen two points that Ferguson would have got that Moyes hasn't been able to get in that Chelsea game and maybe maybe even that Liverpool game we'd have, we'd have got something this is obviously an art rather than a science measuring this but I, I think it is really too early to draw any significant conclusions about the long-term plan of Moyes at United and I think just as United are in transition presumably Moyes is in transition as well he's he knows that you know he knows he must know that he can't build a long-term successful legacy at United playing very conservative football that it just won't you know it just won't do right that's that you have to give something in in return for that you know Ferguson we all talk about you know a, a person getting better as they go Ferguson's the best ever but people don't talk so much about his failings now that he's not there anymore but we've talked a lot a lot a lot about our frustrations with Fergie's con- conservative streak but as you said like always a winner always a gambler and and Moyes is definitely going to have to get a bit more of that about him and hopefully 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 he'll adapt and start playing a bit more fluid football and and I have to say that's that's one of the reasons I was so heartened to see Yanazay play because it was that sort of decision we want that exciting football we don't we don't want to come away with that sense of ennui do we use that word for the third time this pod especially especially as the poor lads on the Red Bulls bench at the moment and uh, doesn't get a game <laughs> Poor old Thierry Henry. So the Leverkusen game, uh, I think that you're right. I think it will definitely be that version of the four four two. Be interesting to see if he does adapt it, but I don't. I don't think he will uh, just yet. And Champions League expectations are relatively moderate. One game that expectations cannot possibly be moderate in, and also one where. Moyes can certainly one-up Fergie in terms of past history of conservatism. We are going to the Etihad, going on our holidays all the way across town. The scene of Sir Alex Ferguson's worst moments in his, in terms of decision-making, the worst decision that he ever made as United manager. That's saying something. Park's not available for this game, is he? <laughs> He's not. But what do you think is going to happen at the Etihad on Sunday? I think United are going to spank him 6 or 7-0, clearly. Maybe not. Look, it's going to be around that to within six or seven. <laughs> it's going to be a very tough game. The City have started the season okay, but no more than that. I mean, defeating Cardiff and the draw at Stoke are not exactly what they wanted. And Pellegrini will be wanting some better football as well. Not really been playing great football. So, you know, I suppose given that context, it's a chance for United to go in there and impose themselves on... City and and go for a win. Can't really see it. I think uh, first derby for Moyes going to be let's not lose first and uh, if we nick a win second uh, for sure, which makes a lot of sense actually. You know, I can't you can't criticise him too much for thinking that way. So I think we'll see a, a pretty traditional looking lineup from United, reasonably conservative tactics, and they'll they'll try and stretch the game out later in the game and and see if the creative players can do something then. But uh, he's going to want to not lose. I think Moyes. I think absolutely huge for City is the fact that company is apparently going to be back for that game, and that would seem to be an extremely significant part because if you look at all the times they've played bad a lot of it comes from the fact that company's not there that Cardiff game would have looked an awful lot different if company had been in central defence 
where he normally is so I'm pretty sure that that makes a big difference to City and they'll obviously be super up for it as well um, but hopefully we will too you know and, and I think I think this is a game where it's lovely to have Fellaini in the side you know because we have been bullied by City's midfield quite a lot recently haven't we and and you know I don't think Fellaini's as good as Toure but it will be nicer to have him up against Toure than Tom Cleverley. Uh, well, yeah, he's got more presence about him for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would think United will not be bullied in the same way, and, and it'll help Michael Carrick, I'm sure, because you know when he gets pressed, he doesn't have the same kind of game that he'd like to have. Clearly, it happens quite a lot, and I think yeah, you know, if United need to get physical in that game, Fellaini will surely help. It's not a bad time to be playing City. They're not playing fantastic football at the moment. Even if company's back, he, he can't be that fit. So I don't think he'll be at his best either. So there are some factors that are playing into United's favour here. You know, it's not City haven't got eight players out and, and United playing fantastic football and we're about to go there and roll them over easily. You know, could easily lose this game. But just, I think he'll be really, really tight. I think Moyes will delighted with the a very, very tight game and United will not give in, I'm sure. I'd be really surprised if we see anywhere, you know, Yanazai anywhere near the pitch uh, because it's just not that kind of game and, uh, you know, Moises signalled that. He won't be playing the young players. Another reason why Kicks might not play on Tuesday and might play in the derby instead. That's that's a, a good point. At Happy Hero says, are we wearing Rooney-style headbands or Fellaini-style wigs? Neither. During the recording of this podcast, no. I imagine you're one of those people, Ed, who believes that wigs are, comedy afro wigs at the football are up there with all the worst excesses of modern football, right? Yeah, it's not quite as bad as a handwritten piece of A4 with by XYZ player, but it's not far off. I'm firmly team live and let live. You want to wear a silly afro wig to the football, you go ahead. You have a good time. You knock yourself out. Uh, One of my very good friends is a Man United fan who has an actual afro. And so I think he's a bit nervous about people imagining that he's got a wig on. At Arge United Red says, Who's the winner between Fellaini's chest, Vida's head and Robin's chocolate foot? What you've done wrong there is you put Vida's head in a competition and we all know that whatever the competition is, Vida's head will not lose. Yes. No no doubt whatsoever about that. I've been pretty pro-David Moyes. This is a mean one, though. At Contzor says, Did you notice Everton's new style of play? Almost enjoyable until I realised where their old style of play went. <laughs> oh, harsh. But maybe fair. Yeah, Everton yeah. Uh, gained very fine victory over Chelsea. It's going to be tight, this Premier League, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we knew that already, but uh, just the early few rounds of the season show that United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal definitely come into it now. They, they've they um, got an extra spark in their team. We talked about the confidence that will bring them, even if they're a bit short in other areas. Spurs, of course, and Liverpool have had a fantastic start to the season, so it's going to be super, super tight at the top. Yeah, it is, except Liverpool's fantastic start is going to peter out into an unimpressive relegation scrap at some point. We can we can only hope, and Arsenal's uh, season will you know peter away after March, as always, and it'll be Chelsea, City and United for the title. And I, look, I don't think any one of these sides is going to run away with it. I think there are significant weaknesses in both the, the City and the Chelsea squads that suggest that uh, neither of them will, and uh, neither of them have started the season really fantastically well either. No, and actually Chelsea have managed to engineer something of a crisis for themselves, impressively, by shipping out what I pretty confident is their best striker and bringing in Etu who I mean I saw match of the day highlights of their game so I'm not going to judge his potential for the season on that and obviously a wonderful player but he looked in absolute shock in touch he's not exactly hit the ground running has he 
Well, he hasn't played a lot of football for the last two years. He, he's uh, spent all his time, according to Roberto Carlos, that is, trying to sign his best mates. Which isn't bad when you're signing for Anzi, who pay you ridiculously offensive amounts of money. At Welbeck, to says, how long do you reckon it'll be before an aerial view over Old Trafford is just all black because of Fellaini wigs? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think there'll be plenty of anti-wig protesters stopping that from happening. At Chuckety Chuck says, is Ronaldo's legacy as a United great now dead? Also go Adnan. Uh, Ronaldo's legacy as a United great is exactly what it's always been, which is that he was a fantastic, fantastic player. And for some people, he's a, a player they care a lot about because he was important to them when they were young. But I, I can't imagine there are many older United fans who really hold Ronaldo in particularly high esteem not as a player of course everyone does as a player but just as a kind of you know united through and through type character well, yeah, well, quite, yeah, and that's, that's fair enough. Look, he's got 100-and-something goals in, in about 300 appearances, for just under 300 appearances for United. You know, he's, he's a very, very good player. He's up there with not too many players who've got those kind of numbers, and he was a fantastic player, you know. But he, he left and didn't want to come back, and he's pledged his future to another team. And So let's just put it in that kind of context. Of course, a player who was a true United great celebrated, or didn't celebrate, unfortunately, his uh, the 50th anniversary of his debut, George Best was 17 and 50 years on from his debut in a 1-0 win against West Bromwich Albion to the day United were playing at Crystal Palace. Yeah, and, you know, not to be overly soppy about this, but, you know, nice to see an incredible young United-raised talent making their debut on the left wing in that game and not suggesting and as I will necessarily go on to well of course he was an Anderlecht raised talent but you know hey until three years ago when we pinched him you know not not quite illegally but you know hey well you know I think if they've been there since 15 George wasn't there before he was a teenager either was he but yeah George best nice that you know I've been thinking about that a lot because on the Red Man Union podcast last week they were talking about uh, best United eleven, and it had to be players that you've seen. And, and Andy Tomo was arguing very vehemently that Brian Robson should be in the side. And he made mention of this chant that, you know, number one is Georgie Best, number two, and number seven is Brian Robson. And I, I don't know. I love stuff like that. I'm such a soppy idiot. But the fact that we still sing George Best's name and most of the people in the ground obviously never saw him live. But when you you watch you watch his videos and he was just he was just something absolutely else, wasn't he? Just just watch George Best's top ten goals on YouTube. Uh, ten absolute blinders. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not old enough to have seen him live. Basically, his his career was on the very last legs. Uh, you know, as I was really getting into football, so I have videos and YouTube and that's it but clearly an absolutely brilliant player and an icon and I just love some of the quotes about George Best as well the one where the bellhop walks into the hotel room there's Best lying on a bed with a naked Miss World and a pile of money and he said where did it all go wrong George? (laughs) Yeah and you know it's obviously very sad that he never managed to conquer his battle with alcoholism you know he had he, he did have good periods of lucidity though he had good periods where he was he was kind of managing to keep himself together and he managed to build a pretty nice life for himself even amongst all that but you know sad that the booze got him in the end and you know not to get on my soapbox about this stuff but I, I work as an alcohol support worker for a job and on the anniversary of while well, we're celebrating the wonderful talents of George Best genuinely and truthfully if you think you might have a problem with alcohol get in touch with someone to get some help because the younger you get some help the the better it ends up and there is there is help out there very true how life has changed your support for alcohol used to be going to the bar and buying several rounds of beer as i remember (laughs) 
Yes, as I don't remember, hence what I do now. So, it's been a pretty big week for United, hasn't it? And Moyes' first win at home, sorry, as Manchester United's manager. Debut for Adnan Yanezai, uh, debut for Marouane Fellaini. Three points on the board after, you know, mini wobble after the draw with Chelsea in the, the loss to Liverpool. Wayne Rooney back and scoring in the United shirt. And Demoise's first Champions League game coming up and first Manchester derby. Doesn't get much bigger than all of this, does it? No, absolutely not. It's, it's huge and it's really, you know, you mentioned Henri and I'm putting that to one side and just enjoying the the newness, the novelty of all this strange new dad nonsense that's going on. I guess we have to make some sort of predictions, which is obviously even harder than it's ever been. Not that we were ever any good at it. We got two games to predict and I think they're both very, very hard ones to call. But I'm going to let you go first on that basis. Uh, okay, so I think United will be solid enough and uh, and just about beat by Leverkusen. So I'm going to go for a 3-1 victory for United. And in the derby, okay, uh, I'm going to say United will keep it super, super, super tight and it's going to be nil-nil. Okay, I think that I'm going to go for slightly less emphatic, maybe 2-1 win against Bayer. And I think I'm going to go for a 1-0 win in the derby. I think we're going to nick it ridiculously optimistic but why not these are the days of our lives and we might as well enjoy them certainly enjoy them more if we get two victories out in the next uh, week or so so i guess uh, that brings us just about to the close of this week's show uh, out early this week uh, on account of various traveling uh, locally and around the world yeah you want to guess which of us is going locally and which one of us is going around the world listeners i'll, I'll give you a hint it's exactly the ones that you would expect to be going around the world that are so Paul's off to the Cape Verde Islands. <laughs> yes. Only one of us has ever met Eric Cantona in a Rio de Janeiro jazz club, and it's not me. There you go. Yeah, it's just the kind of people I like to hang out with, you know. It's when you're a celebrity podcaster, you know. Eric goes around saying, do you know where Ed hangs out? I don't think he does. So I will not be watching the United game on Tuesday because I will be on a plane, unfortunately. But I'm sure I'll get the result as soon as I land. And uh, I most certainly will be watching the derby. And I will be on Mother Earth somewhere, planet. And I'm really hoping for a couple of really positive results. You know, it's got some momentum now. Uh, the Palace game was just good enough. And, you know, build on that. And uh, now I'm hoping for a good few days ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And come on, you Reds, we'll be back at our normal end of the week release schedule the week after the derby all being well see you then